morning, Crossroads. Who's excited for 2023, huh? That's right. Happy New Year from Crossroads to you. My name is Dustin, uh, and I am the Mishawaka Campus Pastor. And it's so great uh, just to be here together. Uh, We've mentioned it a few times, but today is special for so many reasons. uh, One of which is we actually kick off a journey together today that will last all year. Now, don't freak out, all right? It's going to be an exciting journey, and we're excited as we invite you just to journey with us through the Bible, and it starts today. Uh, and as we kick that off today, I don't want to miss sight of the fact that we are one church in multiple locations. And guys, it's a beautiful thing to know that as we meet right here, uh, there are families and communities gathering just like us uh, with the Crossroads name uh, together. And so I want to give a shout out to our St. Pete campus. Can we give it up for them down in Florida? That's right, St. Pete. Also, our friends in Nashville, we say hello to to you in Nashville at Crossbridge. So glad you're there with us as well. And then, of course, I mean the best campus at Crossroads. Let's give it up for Mishawaka. Mishawaka, my people. I see you guys. We're so glad that we all can gather together uh, today uh, for one purpose and one cause as we kick off uh, this initiative that's going to take us through the Bible this year, this journey, really. Uh, And today, as we start this journey, we're going to start it with this series that we've called the big picture because we want to start by taking scripture and looking at it from 10,000 feet up and really beginning to ask the question, why should we even begin to look at scripture? What is it going to do for us? Where is it going to take us? And really what's in the whole thing? So we're going to do an overview for the next couple of weeks as we continue just to dive through the story of scripture. And here's the reality of what we believe. That there is a God who loves you more than you could possibly know. And his desire is to connect with you personally. Can we get excited about that this morning? And we we really believe that. And he's given us access to connect with him in a number of different ways. And so uh, today, as we start this off, I'm just excited to invite you guys with us. And and really, this is one of those things you got to join us on the journey. And I I can't wait to see where God takes us. And I truly believe that God's going to do some incredible things this year. And if you jump in and you journey with us, God is going to take you to a deeper level with him than you even realized possible. At the end of this year, if you, if you join us, you're going to look back and realize, hey, I'm so glad I jumped into this journey with Crossroads because I feel like I know God more than I ever knew I could. And that's exciting to know that's where we start uh, today as we kick off the big picture. And I think this is incredibly important as we look at Scripture as a whole and even ask, why, why even do this? Because I think the Bible is one of the most misunderstood things that's ever existed. I mean, it is not even a close argument. It is the most influential piece of literature that's ever been created. Changing more lives, shaping nations, shaping culture, shaping history. It's influenced so many people throughout thousands of years. And still, uh, culture holds it as to be something weird and, and it has puts it in this place and we have ideas and misunderstanding about what the Bible is or what the Bible isn't. In fact, as I think about how easy it is for us to misunderstand the Bible, I thought of this, this significant scene in a movie uh, and I, I brought a picture with us from this amazing movie. I'd like to show it to you right now. Let's take a, pic, a scene from this movie 
There it is. A scene from a great movie. Movie, Maybe you've seen it before. That is Luke Skywalker, and he is pointing his uh, laser pistol at Yoda. This is from the movie The Empire Strikes Back, the second movie in the first trilogy of the Star Wars saga. And see, Luke, in the first movie, was told that he has a destiny, and that as he begins to become a hero, he's told that he's supposed to be a Jedi. And as he begins to find out what that means, he realizes that the key to unlock his future is found in a Jedi master on this weird swamp planet. And so he journeys there hoping to find the Jedi master who's hoping to take him on a journey and lead him to the person he's supposed to be. And when he gets to this swamp planet, he's looking for some guy that has a bunch of weapons and a bunch of stuff that's huge. And he stumbles upon this tiny green creature who talks funny who says weird things. He says things backwards sometimes. And he says annoying things. And at this point in the movie where he's holding the gun on him, he's like, would you just leave me alone? Because I'm not looking for you. Now the irony of that moment as he's holding up Yoda at gunpoint is that Yoda is exactly the thing that Luke needs. Yoda is the very guide, the sage guidance that Luke needs to become the person he's supposed to be. But because it looks weird and it's hard to understand and it's not what Luke was expecting, Luke is almost missing out on becoming who he's supposed to be because he's looking for something that he misunderstands. And I think a lot of times that's how we interact with Scripture. It's like it stays on the shelf and it talks funny and it says big words and it has names like Nebuchadnezzar, right? And it's like it's weird and it says things backwards and sometimes it says stuff that's offensive to us and culture says it's backwards and it's weird and it's right. So like we hold it at arm's length and we misunderstand the Bible. I want that picture of Luke and Yoda to be stuck in your head today. Because I think that's a good image of what, how a lot of us in culture and a lot of us even in churches view and interact with the Bible. And I think we, we misunderstand Scripture in a lot of ways. Here's, here's some of the ways I think uh, we do. The first one is we miss it. Everyone say we miss it. We miss it. And see, this is such an easy thing to do. This is when it just stays on the bookshelf or maybe you downloaded an app like a couple of years ago, but you put it in your utilities folder and it's next to the compass and it never gets used, right? It's like you never even think about it. You don't open it. The idea of processing or reading the Bible never enters your mind. And listen, I'm a pastor. I went to college. I studied the Bible in college. Like I got a degree in it. And I knew I was going to be preaching about reading the Bible for like a couple of weeks. And guess what? Many times in the last couple of months and weeks leading up to this, I just didn't do what I knew I was supposed to do. I found myself missing the Bible completely. I've gone through, I hate to admit how many times in my life I've gone through long periods of time without engaging with Scripture. And I'm a pastor, so I know how easy it is just for us to miss it. And it stays not even in our consciousness. We miss it. The second way we misunderstand it is we dismiss it. I right, say dismiss it. <laughs> dismiss it. And I think this is one that's really easy to do. It's kind of like, well, you know, I mean, it was good for the people it was written for, but it really doesn't talk about our culture, our problems, what we're going through. We kind of dismiss it. I know culturally, it's kind of like this antiquated old school tool that actually hurts people and it's, and it's wrong and it talks about bad things. So we kind of dismiss it and we put it away for something we don't, we don't like. 
And still others of us, we, we maybe like parts of it, like we like the parts about Jesus, and we like the parts about the stories like Noah's Ark, and, it, and David and Goliath, and Joah, Jonah and the big fish, and all these cool stories. We like those things, but, but we really don't like when it says stuff we don't like. We don't like when it talks about our sexuality. We don't like when it talks about our finances. We don't like when it talks about our morality. We don't like when it talks about eternity. And so we just kind of dismiss some of those parts, the hard to, to, to think about parts, and we take the parts. Like, we're so good at dismissing it. We miss it. We dismiss it. The last thing I think we do is we misuse it. Everyone say, we misuse it. Right? And I think it's so easy for us just to, to use it for things that it was never intended for. I've seen far too many times where, where it's used as a weapon, right? Scripture is used to, to hurt people or put people down or even oppress people. I've even seen a scripture used as a shield for people to justify terrible actions. And they pull out a random verse and it's like, see, God said I can do this to you. We use it as a weapon. We use it as a shield. And I think often we, we, we oversimplify it. Like I remember as a kid, we had this saying that said, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Anybody else hear that as a kid? Maybe it was just me. I don't know. Uh, but, but it's not even basic, right? It's not, it's wrong, right? It's not basic. This is a, a document that's been written over thousands of years, thousands of years ago in many different places by many different people and different cultures. It's written in different languages, translated multiple times. And there are definitely basic truths God has made himself easy to understand but the Bible seldom is it's not basic and then it's not instructions if it was just instructions I mean you know what you do with instruction manuals you put it in your glove box with all the napkins and ketchup packets and chick-fil-a sauce on top of it right that's where you put instruction manuals and you only pull it out if like your car's on fire <laughs> And, and so, so many times we look at scripture as this instruction manual and it's got so much more than that. It's got wisdom for you and deep stories that talk about what it means to be human. And it tells you who God is. It introduces you to the heart of a good God who's alive. It shows you the story of Jesus and how that's been the plan the whole time. And, and yet we, we misuse it so many times. We oversimplify it. And so this is a picture, I think, of, of what I mean when I, I show you that picture of Luke and Yoda. And I think a lot of us, and I find myself many times in that place of Luke Skywalker, pointing my gun, saying like, hey, what are you trying to do? I don't understand you. That's us as we approach Scripture. But I want to give us a second picture today. These are the two pictures I want us to think about. The second picture is the picture we find in the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is, is a book right in the middle of the Bible, right in the middle of the Old Testament. And it's this long list, this library, really, of, of documents, of songs and poems and, and worship hymns and sayings and, and wisdom. And as they're compiling this great, uh, this great anthem of all this stuff, at the beginning they choose this verse. And I want to read it to you because it paints a picture of what life can be like if we look to the Bible as something way bigger than that. If we look to the Bible as a source of life for ourselves, as we look to the Bible as a way to connect with the living God, it gives us a picture of that right here in Psalms 1. It says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners 
or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. This is another picture a completely different picture, a picture of, it's like, hey, someone who lives in the word of God is like a tree next to a river and their life is abundant and it's spreading not just to them, but everywhere. Like God's word has become a source of life and they, they produce fruit in season, out of season. And do you hear what I said? They prosper in everything, right? And there's two different, these are contrasting pictures, and Psalm 1 is saying, listen, if you lean in to connect to God in this and hear his words, something will begin to transform in your life. And so as we, I really want to spend the rest of today as we think about this question, what are, we, what are we doing when we talk about reading the Bible? Why should you read the Bible? How should you pick up the Bible? Where should you start? How do we go from not being Luke Skywalker pointing a gun at Yoda in our approach to Scripture? And I think the answer to that is, is in this scripture in Psalm 1 through 3. And so I want to unpack that for you for the rest of the day. And so let's look again at verse 1. It says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. I think this is like Bible language for saying, hey, there are some dumb people out there. Huh? Can I get an amen? amen? All right, maybe you've met some today. They're not here. You're not here. All right, other places, right? But, but it's like, hey, listen, there are some mockers and sinners and the wicked and they're all standing around talking to each other and it doesn't take long whether you're on the internet or walking around a shop or at work to realize there's a lot of noise coming from people's mouths. People are making a lot of noise. Here's a reality I want us to pause and reflect on is this, is we live in a world full of bad advice. Bad advice is easy to come by. I don't know if you're scrolling through TikTok or scrolling through your feed on Facebook or Instagram, and it doesn't take long to come across somebody who says, hey, if you follow my way, you'll be in the best shape of your life. If you listen to me, you'll make more money. I've got a great side gig. You can make $27 million a week. I was like, if you just follow this and do this, you can follow my path. I'll lead you to the right direction. It's like there's bad advice. There's lots of advice all over the place. I mean, even just think about weight loss. I mean, it's like some people are like, hey, don't eat meat. It's killing you. It's making you fat. And other people are like, only eat meat. It's the other stuff that's making you fat. And I'm like, maybe I'm just fat. <laughs> maybe that's just it, right? I mean, I went to sign up for the keto diet because I misread it. I thought it was the Cheeto diet. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is exciting. I didn't sign up for that very long. Couldn't deal with that, right? There's all sorts of advice about the paths in life you should take. And it's often conflicting. And, and let's be honest, the last couple of years, we've lived in a world where there's conflicting ideas and thoughts that are trying to lead you in opposite places. And it can be confusing if all we hear are the negative voices it can be confusing if we're being led by the wrong voices. You know, it's interesting. The voices we listen to often determine the path we go and the destination we end up. 
I had an encounter with this uh, uh, not too long ago, a couple years ago, actually. I was recently uh, had come to Crossroads, and I was about ready to come on stage. And I had been used to it. I'd been on stage a couple times, uh, and I was just a part of the service. And so I was supposed to come on after this amazing worship performance. We had been doing a special uh, performance of some song that day. Uh, and I was waiting right over there. And normally, I, I, I really thought about when I was supposed to go out. You don't want to be the guy who goes out at the wrong time, look like a dummy. Uh, and I was over there. So I normally think about exactly when I'm supposed to go out, but I had a guide with me. I had my very own Yoda that day because me and Pastor Tim were sitting right over there on the stairs. And I thought, I'm in good hands. He said, Dustin, I got you. I do this all the time. Just listen to when I send you out and you will, I will not steer you wrong, right? I knew I could trust him. And so the song came, there's this great crescendo moment, this amazing moment, and Tim gave me the nudge, right? And I was like, yes, I'm going out here. I got to the middle of the stage with the microphone on. I got four words in, and they kept singing <laughs> because the song wasn't done. It was just a dramatic pause. And here's Dustin, the dummy in the middle of the stage, talking about something, and who knows what. Everyone in the audience is nudging each other. I'm pretty sure I heard someone say, what an idiot. And I was like, you're an idiot, right? I was, I was in a rough place, right? It was tough for me. And I look over at Pastor Tim, and he almost fell down the stairs laughing. <laughs> it's like, I still don't know, right? I don't know if he did it on purpose. Like, I think we kind of, we all know, right? But I don't, I don't have any facts. I can't, I can't confirm it. All right, and here's what I learned that day, right? If we listen to the wrong voice, we'll end up in the wrong place. Right? And of course, we should all listen to Pastor Tim's voice. I'm so grateful to be at a church led by him and where he's leading us. But seriously, uh, we often uh, get, get listening to the wrong voices. And if we listen to the wrong voice, we'll end up in wrong places. And many times you end up in a place where you just, you don't look smart and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You end up in the wrong place. So it's important that voices we let into our life and the voices we listen to you know, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy, and this is a scripture written by a guy named Paul who had a, 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 a dramatic change in his life because he encountered the living Jesus, changed everything for him. And Paul, as he's growing in his faith, he's leading other people, and he had developed some leaders. And one of these leaders is a guy named Timothy, and, and Timothy was like the next up-and-coming leader. And Timothy was influencing and teaching thousands of people. He was planting churches. He was leading uh, the, the kingdom into the next generation. And Paul gets to this place in 2 Timothy, uh, and he is helping his friend. He's giving good advice. And so it's important for us with so much bad advice around us just to pause and let's lean in to some good advice that Paul is giving to his friend uh, Timothy. He says this in 2 Timothy 3. He says, You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. I want to pause there for a second. Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, how great is it that in your life, since you were a kid, someone thought to teach you scripture. And as they taught you scripture, it led you to Jesus. How amazing is that? And we're not talking about the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. And Paul's saying, when you dive into scripture, it leads you to Jesus. Timothy found Jesus because from the time he was a boy, he had jumped into the scriptures. Guys, I don't know if you realize this, but we dive into Scripture because Jesus is in there. And he wants to connect with you. He wants to talk with you. And he's waiting for you. And Timothy is saying, or Paul is saying to Timothy, hey, how great is it that since you were a kid, you have built this into your life. 
This discipline has shaped you and has taught you how to teach, how to trust in Jesus. He goes on and says this. He says, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. I'm going to pause there again. I think this is one of those phrases we miss. Uh, many other translations uh, translate that. All scripture is God breathed. And I love that image because it's like God is, is breathing the, his words the, into existence. And what that doesn't mean is that, that God just got this giant pen and he came down from heaven in a fiery arm and on papyrus scrolls, he's writing things and he says, you better keep track of this. That's not what that means. What that means is real people who are dealing with real struggles of other real people. We're sitting in rooms and sitting in places, sitting in nature, and God began to speak to them. And they were so compelled by what they heard and what they felt in their spirit, they felt led to write it down. And God began to whisper in them. And in their humanness, they wrote it down and they listened to God. And they wrote what they thought he wanted them to say. And so when we dive into scripture, when it says all scripture is inspired by God, what that's saying is when you get close enough to it, like the origin of everything that comes in the Bible is the, the whisper of God. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, many of us would wonder why God hasn't spoken to us in such a long time but also would be willing to admit that you haven't really gone looking to hear his voice. Here's a question I want us just to process, and this question has been challenging me a lot as I've been preparing for this. The question is this, is what voices are you listening to? Because the voices we listen to determine the path we're going. That scripture said all scripture is inspired by God. It's the breath of God. It's the whisper of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, it's in the scriptures. The rest of that passage went on to say, it's good for guiding us and teaching us. I'll read it. It says, it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It's like, hey, if you're a ship, scripture is, is the rudder that keeps you going in the right direction. It's the small thing that keeps you pointed in the right direction. It's the correction that we often need that we're very seldom give or find? What voices are we listening to? Because if the voices we're being led by are the ones on the screens, are the ones from what's popular, then I think we're being misled. And how great is it that God has given us a voice to listen to that is at our fingertips? He desires to speak with you today. What voices are you listening to? Psalms 1 continues in verse 2. He says this, but they delight in the law of the Lord. He's saying, listen, the joys of those who don't have to listen to the people who talk nonsense, but instead of listening to them, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And I'm going to be real with you. The first time I read that, meditate on a day and light, I'm like, listen, nobody's got time for that, right? Ain't nobody got time for that. Day and night, I'm busy, right? Anybody else relate with me? Like, we got stuff to do. We got, we got things to do. And here's just the reality. Uh, we live in a world of busyness. There's a thousand things to do. Take our kids to school, uh, take our, ourselves to work, family obligations, work responsibilities. The, the weight of everyday life is real. Then we have entertainment, social gatherings. We just came through Christmas season where we went to all these parties and extra gigs and things and family things. And it's like there's busyness everywhere. 
And the truth is we often wear our busyness as a badge of honor. As if what makes us important in life is the full calendar. You know, and the reality is the way we spend our time, truthfully, is a reflection of something far more. And as I think about, meditate on it day and night, in fact, as I think about that verse, there are two things I want to point out. The first one is this word delight. The word delight there, it's talking about, hey, what is it that you can hold on to? What is it you can delight in because you find value? The word delight is treasuring something because of its infinite value. And the scripture is saying, do you realize the infinite value that is available to us in scripture? We can delight in that. And the second word is this meditate word, which sounds weird to me. I don't even really know what that means, but I don't think it means you have to do something all the time. What I think it's saying is it's an invitation to make it a part of your daily rhythms and routines, to make it a part of what you do, to make it a part of who you are. Because the truth is, we make time for what we value. You know, when I was in high school, a senior in high school, I played basketball and I was uh, playing a lot. And before the season started, my parents pulled me aside and they said, Dustin, uh, we are so proud of you. uh, And we just want you to know that you're important to us. We value you. And so we're going to make sacrifices to be at your games as much as we possibly can. And this was a hard thing for them. My dad was a pastor. And so he had to to switch meetings around. He had to do a bunch of stuff. He had to switch times around. He had to cancel meetings with people. He had to go different places. He had to travel. He sacrificed his time and money to see me. And he did that because he wanted me to know. And they did that because they wanted me to know that I was valuable to them. And by the way, while they did that, I was never allowed to sacrifice church and and whatever out in my pursuit of faith because of of practice. I had to go to church anyway. I had to miss practice for that. But my parents wanted me to know how valuable I was to them. Because the truth is, we make time for what matters to us. I, I have this question for you today. Is this, what are you making time for? Because here's, here's the truth. It's hard for me to even process this. But all of us are given the same amount of time every day. Time is a gift from God. And how gracious he is with time. He gives us 24 hours a day. And we all have the same amount of time. And the reality is we make time for what we value. And if you're not sure what you value, you can look at where you spend your time. And I look at my own life and I spend far too much time on things that have no value. And as we come to a new year, and it's probably a hard thing to think about, but we think about new rhythms and new routines. And as a church, we just want to put this out there in the air, that there is a routine that will bring you more life than you could possibly know. That's building space and time in your life. And we know you're busy, but we make time for what we value. What are you making time for? Have you given any time to Jesus this week? I'm going to keep reading the scripture in verse verse 3 of Psalm 1. It says this. They are like trees. The people who do that, the people who make time for God, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I, I want this reality to stand out from this scripture. When we live in God's word, it leads to life. 
And that life isn't some surface thing we can really even contemplate many times. That life is this deep, changing, transformative life that doesn't just change who we are. It changes the people around us. I think about a scripture in the New Testament talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And when it says the fruit never, fruit in season and out of season, it says when you get connected to God, you grow this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How many of you want more of those things in your life? I know I do. Well, they don't come from trying harder. They don't come from wanting it more. They come from intentionally connecting with the living God. That's where fruit comes from. When we live in God's word, it leads to life. It bears fruit and it doesn't always happen right away. If you water a seed, it doesn't grow up right away. You have to keep showing up and keep watering it. And that's how this works. When we stay connected to who God is, it leads to life in our own hearts and minds. You know, Jesus was talking about this very thing as we think about building rhythms. He, he has the greatest sermon, the greatest series of teaching ever told, ever. Matthew 5 through 7. If you've never read it, I, you can start there today. Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus is just talking about what does it mean to live the good life? Famous things you hear about. He talks about blessed are you if. He says all those things. You'll live the good life if. And he has this great teaching. Some of it is encouraging. Some of it's challenging. And he gets to the end of it. The greatest teaching of all time. And I want to read what he says at the end of it because I think it's important to what we're talking about today. He says this. Anyone, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with the mighty crash. Now listen, I don't know what your year's been like, and I don't know what your next year's going to be like, but storms in life come. And it's of grave importance for us to process at times, what is your foundation? And there are so many options for us. We could choose our family, good things, our work. We could choose our personality, our success. These are good things. But Jesus is saying, if you put your foundation on anything other than me and what I'm teaching you, you're like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. But Jesus says, I have another way for you. If you build your foundation on my words, if you build your foundation on me, nothing will be able to shake you. Nothing will be able to take you down because your foundation is in me. Here's my question for you today. What is your foundation? It's a great question for us as we begin a new year. It's so easy for us to drift and we begin to base our life on things that don't matter. And Jesus is inviting us back. He says, how about you put your foundation in me because everything else will fail you. But as we sung earlier today, God will never fail you. What is your foundation today? Because if it's not Jesus, he's inviting you today to make it him. As we just come to a close today, I really want to finish with this last question is this. Will you join us on our journey? My mission today was to not make you feel bad because you haven't read your Bible, because I haven't read it either. Right? That's not my mission. My mission today is for us to realize that God's desire is to connect with us. 
And just like Luke is standing there with Yoda, there's a way for us. What we're looking for is in front of us. But sometimes we've got to get past the negative voices. Sometimes we've got to just make time for what we value. And sometimes we've got to put our foundation in the right place to realize that we can connect with the living God. Will you join us on our journey? And I realize it's a very complicated idea to even begin. How do, where do you even start? And as a church, we want to help you. We want to equip you. We've got some resources for you today that we hope you leave with. Uh, a journal you can get, but also a bookmark you can get as well. And we're going to have more resources as time comes. But today, before we even go further, I want to help you with just a couple of things. Because here's, here's some, some wisdom that I've heard through the years is, is about reading the Bible. The first one is this. Is start slow. Can you guys say start slow with me? Three, two, one. Start slow. Man, I think we, we run into the temptation where it's just like, it's a giant book. There's thousands of pages and we start reading and it gets boring and we give up. Start slow. It's not always about getting through the Bible. It's about letting the Bible get through you. Let me say that again. It's not about getting through the Bible. It's about getting the Bible through you. And if you only get through one verse a day, how great is that? Start slow. The second thing is this, start small. Say that with me, three, two, one. Start small. Start small. Listen, maybe for you, you've never even thought about reading a Bible. Maybe for you, you don't even know what a Bible is. For you, it's just downloading the app, looking up one verse. They do a verse of the day every day. It takes 30 seconds to watch it. Maybe that's all you do every day for a while. You just watch it. Start small. This isn't about getting through a bunch of content. It's about developing a routine in your life that gets you closer connected to God. Start slow. Start small. This one is perhaps the most important advice ever is this is keep going. Say this with me. Three, two, one. Keep going. So many times I did this in my journey of trying to get through scripture. I'd get to like Leviticus and I was like, I don't know these names. This doesn't make sense to me. And I would just give up. And I was like, maybe the Bible's not for me. Right. And I wouldn't read it ever again. Well, again, the point of the Bible is not to get through it. It's for it to get through you. And we often get up right before we reach the things God's trying to show us. Keep going. And the final piece of advice I want to give you is this, is ask questions. Say that after me. Three, two, one. Ask questions. The truth is this. There are so many wise people out there, far wiser than me, far wiser than, than any of us who, who know scripture. And there are so many things at our fingertips for us just to know more. There's a website called the Bible Project. Look it up. It answers so many questions for you. It helps you understand scripture. Like the point is to understand it. Like you don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand it, but you have to realize it's a complicated book. It's a book written in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek, and it's hard to understand sometimes. And so it takes us asking questions to get some help and doing it together. We're inviting you on a journey of us. We're going to dive into scripture. And I believe at the end of the year, we're no longer going to look like Luke and Yoda. At the end of the year, we're going to look like Psalms 1, verse 1 through 3, like a group of people who are, who are planted on a firm foundation, which is a loving God. Will you join us on our journey?
You know, for many of you, the journey just starts by saying yes to Jesus. And every day at Crossroads, every Sunday at Crossroads, we want to give you a chance because that's truly where life begins. Life begins with Jesus. And so if you want to say yes to Jesus, today you can. And when you do, there's new life that is birthed inside of you. The living God is here. So I invite you to read this with me, all of us. Let's read this together. It says this, Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Savior of the world that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Amen. And church, we are so glad that you are here. And we are so glad to invite you to be a part of this challenge. Take some of our bookmarks, take some of our resources, and let's dive into scripture together. Jesus, we are so grateful for you. Because in all of our hearts and minds, you don't look at us and throw shame or guilt. God, what you do is you offer us a way to freedom. You offer us a way to know you. And you have made yourself known to us. And one of the ways you have made yourself known is through scripture. And God, sometimes it just takes some intentionality on our part. And so today we intentionally say yes to you. Be with us as we worship you in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and worship.